Doug Tyrrell, History and Comment is available on Google Podcast. Hello friends, I'm Doug Terrell. This is History and Comment for Thursday, the 22nd day of September, 2022. It's the 265th day of the year, with 100 to follow. President Lincoln releases a preliminary version of the Emancipation Proclamation in 1862, what we would call a trial balloon today. During the initial year and a half of the war, the principal issue had been to preserve the Union, and slavery was secondary. The fact that many people do not realize is, the North was losing its resolve. Lincoln had always been an abolitionist at heart, decided to move the issue to the forefront. Now, in fact, the proclamation was little more than a symbolic act than having any actual substance. Something of an executive order, it had little power. Furthermore, the wording only freed slaves in areas hostile to the United States. It did not address slaves in the border states of Maryland, Kentucky, and Missouri. Finland commissions its first hydroelectric plant in 1891. Like many of the green energies, hydro seems like an easy choice but not so fast. It often requires dams and the creation of a lake behind it, and the maintenance costs are significantly high. Queen Victoria surpasses her grandfather, King George III, as the longest-serving monarch in 1896. Of course, she was passed by Queen Elizabeth a couple of years ago. The U.S. Congress passes the Cable Act in 1922, under which an American woman who marries an alien will not lose citizenship. Neither will a woman marrying an American automatically become a citizen. In the current situation, Congress should look at the idea that grants citizenship to any baby born on U.S. soil. Our generosity on this point greatly influences the desire for illegal immigration. Singer and actress Toni Basil is 78 today. She has been active since the 1960s, but without much hit success. You may recall the name from the top 10 hit in the 80s, Mickey. Journalist and author Neil Cavuto is 64 today. He shares a birthday with rocker Joan Jett. Actor Scott Bio is 62. He got a start in the series Happy Days. Since then, it's mostly been guest appearances. The television drama Charlie's Angels debuts on this day in 1976. The series was only produced for five seasons. The first couple had good ratings, but things fell off in the last three. Iraq invades Iran in 1980, beginning an eight-year conflict between the two countries. John Mellencamp, Willie Nelson, Neil Young, and a host of others join forces who raise awareness of the plight of family farms. Known as Farm Aid, the first concert was held on this day in 1985 in Champaign, Illinois. Mellencamp's Scarecrow album had just been released the month before. The title cut, Rain on the Scarecrow, gives a nostalgic look at a family whose farm has been foreclosed. What society does not recognize is the family farm of the 40s, 50s, and in a lot of cases the 60s, just does not exist anymore. The enterprise is extremely capital-intensive to be workable, making even the smallest full-time farm a multi-million dollar operation. This year's concert is in Raleigh, North Carolina. You can read more at farmaid.org. The Dead Sea Scrolls were made available to the public in 1991, 45 years after they were discovered. Elton John releases the reworked Candle in the Wind, 1997. The original song was autobiographical as it outlined John's interest in the turbulent life of Marilyn Monroe. The remake was a tribute to Diana, Princess of Wales. 
The F-14 Tomcat retires from the United States Navy in 2006. The aircraft was extremely capable. Its variable wing configuration gave it good flight performance over a wide range. It also drove the maintenance cost up. The 14's design was not funded nor driven by the Navy, but by Grumman Aircraft. Seeing the weaknesses in the F-111, they set out to design a superior air-to-air fighter. They accomplished that feat, but the Navy was only slightly interested, and Grumman was near broke. The Department of Defense authorized foreign military sales of the craft. The Shaw was still in power, so the Iranians decided to buy a few of the untested planes. They worked well, Grumman was saved, and the Navy had the test data they wanted. Usually when an airplane type is retired, most go sit in the desert around Phoenix for a good while, just in case. This was not the case with the F-14. Most were scrapped very quickly. The Navy did not want any parts getting out on the used market. Word on the street, Iran, now quite hostile to the United States, was looking for spare parts. That's history and comment for the 22nd day of September. I'm Doug Terrell. Now go do something worth remembering.